All right. Well, I'm here with Caitlin to talk about happy fascists, but we're starting with Comcast. Right. So what do you do when you're an ISP as big as Comcast? You completely saturated the market. You've become a monopoly. And now there's no more internet users to come on. Everyone already has internet access. Most of the people go through you. Uh, but the problem with capitalism is that your company, by definition, has to continue to grow and grow and grow. So how does a company that has completely saturated the market you know, completely grow? Well, they could branch out into other markets. That's one idea. Or you can do what Comcast is doing, and according to Ars Technica, which is to simply raise prices <laughs> for everyone who has a Comcast uh, subscription. So basically, they, they're not getting any more internet users. So in order to keep their profits to continue to rise, they're just going to raise prices for internet that you get without doing anything to improve service. <laughs> um, and this is sort of a, a fundamental issue with capitalism and why monopolies are a big issue. So that once you get a monopoly, these companies are still incentivized to continue to grow and they can't grow. There's no room for them to grow. So what do they do? Well, they stagnate and they just make prices ridiculously high. So that's what we're seeing with Comcast. Uh, and by the way, this article is written by John Brodkin. Mm -hmm. I want to give him credit. Well, I mean, I have Comcast. And one thing is he does keep getting faster. So there's that. But anyway, um... I mean, how fast is your Comcast? Oh, I think download speed's over 100 all the time now. Upload speed stays at 10. Uh, uh, well, okay. So how much per month do you spend on Comcast? I don't know. It's probably a lot. Because I spend about $50 a month for my internet. I get uh, a gigabit down, a gigabit up, which is well over 100 megabits. And it's both, it's bi-directional. Yeah. Um, but of course, like I said, I'm not going through Comcast. Yep, so. yep. Yeah, it would be good. I'm, I'm not able to get Sonic for my in our current setup, but anyway, yeah. Right, so so Sonic, for people that don't know, is a local ISP that we have around here. Yeah. Um, and that's something other people are doing in other areas is that they're setting up local ISPs to counter things like Comcast, to, to counter what, like, what Comcast is doing right now, which is charge exorbitant rates for their less than stellar internet price, uh, you know, internet yeah. service, so. Well, and that's that's the uh, the free market when it works. Well, the, the, well, the point is, it doesn't work when you have a monopoly. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's the case for a lot of us. Don't have any other options. Yep. You can always go to Starlink. Anyway, uh, I know. Well, that that's having issues too. So I know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm pretty upset this week about the political situation because um, I mean, we had a uh, attempted kidnapping and torture of the third most important person in our government, and I remember when Reagan got shot. There was nobody cheering and laughing about it, even the Democrats who opposed him. But that's certainly not the case now. Now it's a happy joke for Republicans. Donald Trump Jr. posted his Halloween costume in underwear and a hammer because to them, it's just a happy joke that an old man gets a skull fracture with a hammer and a plot to torture the third most important person in the world because they, and this is just like racist jokes. Remember when I was a kid, my dad told me about one of the cowboys, the gunslingers out West, for fun, he would shoot the heels off black people and say, there, I made them white. And these kind of jokes serve a purpose. They scare people and they remind you that you better make sure you're at the in-group because the out-group gets treated very badly. And the humor is in being 
you laugh to be part of the group to reassure yourself that I'm in the safe group. I'm not that other group that gets treated so badly. So it's, and now we have the, the Republican politicians posing with guns and talking about um, how they're going to eliminate Nancy Pelosi specifically and other Democrats with their guns. And they're very proud of this. They're happy about this. And it's, as uh, people are pointing out, uh, Trump, Steve Bannon has explicitly said that Bolsonaro should not concede, but just take the government by force in Brazil, because that's exactly what they plan to do here. They tried in 2020. The Republican Party is planning to have a replacement of our democratic system with a system where they take the power by force and they hold it by force. And they're very happy to see this event where we're having the politicians torn down by force. So it's um it's it's all happening just like it happened in 1930s Germany. And uh there doesn't seem to be any way to stop it. So I'm uh I'm thinking again we really have to make a plan to exit the United States. Um that would be very important to see what happens in the upcoming election in a week. But I think this election and the one in two years may very well be the end of it being tolerable in America. And anybody who has the ability to leave would probably be wise to start making plans to leave unless they see any way this can stop. But um, now they're now they're openly coming for the Democratic leaders. After that, it will probably be um, media figures and then probably the Jews. And after that, probably the teachers. So, you know, you 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 need to plan when you will be the one that's being destroyed by the fascists as they rise. And that's absolutely right. Um, and we we have to remind ourselves what this is. This is domestic terrorism, um, but also an act of civil war, which is to say that a, a person, and I'm not arguing this is a, a mainstream Republican person. This was obviously someone who fell very deep into right-wing conspiracies. And... I need to remind people, if all the right-wing conspiracies are true, what that guy did was absolutely reasonable. Um, and that's what makes conspiracy theories so dangerous. It's not that these are just wild beliefs that are just going to make people sound goofy. You know, they have real-world consequences, and people will act on these beliefs. Um, and so every, you know, we, we, we have a sort of obligation as citizens to not only, you know, vote and everything, but also have a responsible grasp on reality as we make these decisions, as we vote, as we take part in our government. Um, we, we have a responsibility if our government does, you know, become, you know, absolutely corrupt, you know, to take physical action if necessary. Uh, but the thing is, we need to have a correct set of facts to do so and to make those decisions on. When we peddle on things like conspiracy theories, when we peddle on things like uh, racism and stuff um, and other bigotry, it puts people on the mindset uh, of not acting rationally and making quote unquote irrational you know, decisions, but they're not irrational in the mind of the conspiracy theorist. Well, that's that's how... All madness works. Everybody's right. the hero of their own story. They have a belief, which means what they're doing is right from their point of view. Right. Right. So, I, I mean, I just, I don't want to frame this as just one 
you know, crazy person who sort of knows they're crazy. No, no, this person thought what they were doing is right. And, you know, and if they, if they're, if you honestly believed the conspiracy theories that these people believe, then yeah, okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Nancy Pelosi's child, you know, doing whatever, I don't want to repeat this stuff, but she's doing so much terrible things that of course you need to protect the people she's, you know, but she's not doing those things. There's no evidence. Yeah. You know, she's, yeah. Well, the last survey I heard said 5% of Americans believe that violence is justified to put Trump back in office. And I thought it was more than that. But, um, you know, that's why it's, uh, this is, I'm, I'm seeing how it happened in Germany. I mean, more and more people believe this stuff. And that's why I was troubled by surveys I've heard over the last year that the, one of the number one political causes in America is people feel like democracy is threatened. Republicans and Democrats feel that way, but of course they mean something different. When the Republicans say democracy is threatened, what they mean is Trump should be in there and the elections are all fake. So it's not like they understand the actual threat for democracy. They are the threat for democracy, but they believe they're saving it by destroying it. Right, right. So it's uh, and, and I mean, and like I said, you know, and I, I think this was pointed out on South Park of all places. But yeah, if the January six riots were, you know, or if the Jan if if what people believed about President Trump was actually true, like there was a massive fraud, they'd be absolutely right to to storm the Capitol. Yeah. Um, and this is what makes conspiracy theories so dangerous. It's, it's not that these people are irrational. They're making rational decisions on beliefs that just are not factual. The emotional punch, though, comes from bigotry. I remember when, when Elon Musk sent out this tweet saying that uh, Paul Pelosi was killed by a gay prostitute. I felt it myself. That gives you the emotional punch. Oh, well, then it's okay then, because it's okay that gay people have this happen to them. And that's why they're all laughing about it. It's um, the, the bigotry is what provides the emotion to push this stuff and it, what turns off all intellect and makes you say, oh, well, I'm on the right side because I'm not one of those bad people. Right. Um, in group versus out group is a big thing. Um, and you, you touched it on humor as well. Yeah. And one of the things that I sort of slowly learned, because when I grew up, I heard jokes that I went to get on like on South Park that were, you know, relatively funny, making fun of minorities and stuff. But what I realized as I grew older is that those same jokes, while they may be, you know, silly in one context, are used as weapons uh, by other groups of people, uh, you know, as gateways, as a sort of like a gateway into like racist thinking, into like white supremacy. And so the two sort of key tools of wedging, you know, uh, racism and white supremacy into our culture are uh, dog whistles, dog, dog whistle type words. So things that, you know, words that mean one thing to one group of people, but are really racist, you know, to the other group of people that the in group um, and, and quote unquote jokes, jokes, prime people for the, serious stuff down the, down the road. Yeah, and what they are is they're a way to force everybody to take sides. You either have to laugh along with it and therefore join the group, or you have to protest it and experience social uh, sanctions for doing that. It, it's a way of finding out who's on your team. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you've got another story about the internet service. 
Oh, I do. Uh, so, um, I or I thought I did. Oh, there we go. So, uh, one of the one of the issues with computers and technologies is we we really have to make sure that the technology that we're developing is leading to greater equity, you know, and social progress. Like we don't want to make technology that's going to exacerbate things like like we were talking about, like racism, like um, like classism, and unfortunately. Um, that's what's going on with ISPs. So uh, there's a article in the Visalia Times Delta, written by Bobby Murray, uh, talking about how the monopoly monopolistic market uh, of ISPs continues inequitable trends among people with less means. So basically, the people coming from lower income areas, generally speaking, have worse quality internet at higher prices. There's that old saying, and we've talked about this before, being poor is expensive. And that is doubly true when we're talking about internet access and access to technology. Um, and so uh, this is one of those, sort. this is, this is a, a good instance of where technology and social issues sort of combine. And it shows how the, I'm going to say the, the the sort of capitalist mindset of technology. So, so most technology nowadays is very much rooted in sort of the capitalist agenda of making as much money as possible. Um, even for things like internet access, which should be considered a public utility in my opinion. Um, and unfortunately, when you do have these profit motive, you know, private companies, you know, in charge of basic infrastructure uh, like telecommunications, you wind up with things like, you know, poor people having to pay more for less internet, essentially. So, yeah, I certainly see it in my classes. The, the students that come from the poor areas have terrible internet, terrible computers, and it really holds them back. Right. And so, you know, one of the things is you, you want to make sure that the students you get in your classes have every opportunity to prove themselves and to get ahead, even in the capitalist system, because a lot of these people might be great assets to you know a capitalist organization and so if even if you are a big capitalist you run a big business you want to make sure that these poor people have the resources that they can go to school learn the technology and you know give yourself your own business an advantage when you hire them instead of just leaving them in the dust but yeah absolutely all right and so i i uh the jerusalem times put this up the russia has said since you Americans are using your commercial satellites to observe Ukraine and help Ukraine find targets, you have turned them into military assets and they are threatening to shoot down our commercial satellites because we've got involved in the war. So uh, I don't know if they'd actually do it, but uh, it is a logical position to take. And uh, this continues our, our adventure in Ukraine as we try to decide how much can we do, how much can we get away with before we won't like the blowback and uh so they haven't shot down satellites yet of course if they do then then they make a big mess it would be very interesting i think from someone working in you know private aerospace what happens and, and, and security in private infrastructure in security private yeah. interest in you know aerospace uh what happens when large governments start shooting down satellites because that's one of the things i, I tell every 
you know, everyone putting up satellites is like, okay, yeah, we can secure it against some stuff. But at the end of the day, you're flying over other people's countries. They can shoot you down. And everyone's like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Okay, Caitlin, you know, like. Oh, and this, and this thing is specifically aimed at Starlink. Starlink right. is getting involved in the war. Right. So shooting down Starlink satellites could be argued as a legitimate military target. Yeah, yeah. And so they could absolutely get 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 shot down at night. And if that starts happening, I wonder how that would shape the industry because, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't put stuff up or defend them against, um, you know, against attacks, but if they do get, if they, if that is becomes a thing that happens in the future a lot, that they start getting shot down, then we need to really change our structure of how we, you know, deliver and design these satellites because we can no longer put up expensive, you know, super expensive satellites where if one gets shot down, it's just like, oh my gosh, we lost, you know, $50,000, $100,000 on this one satellite. You know, we would have to sort of switch to like teams and teams of like um, CubeSats or even smaller. Well, and there are so many Starlink satellites. I think in fact, they are pretty replaceable and they don't stay up for very long either, right? Well, they stay up for years. Yeah. Um, but they're putting uh, them up like by 20 at a time. So obviously they... They could replace them, right? But if they start taking down, uh, sort of, well, they, they yeah, it's like forty or sixty at a time, actually. But yeah. um, if they if they start, you know, they could easily take them all down at once um, using lasers. I'm no, I mean, well, or at least in series, go boom, 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 like well, there's there's missiles. But yeah, but of course, after that, they would totally pollute the atmosphere for years, so you couldn't put any more up, right? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, it you. You could, uh, you know, sort of start that process, but um, it, it would take a lot more than just a targeted attack on a series of, of like a hundred satellites, or even a thousand satellites. I mean, you you would really, it, it's it's a slow buildup. You would accelerate it, but it, it's not a sort of linear mm-hmm. curve. It's a slowly exponential. Uh, curve. So you would, you would, you know, right now we're actually already seeing this happen, uh, where we're seeing some some collisions increase, but it has to get a lot more over a long period of time before it starts getting out of control. And then once it hits a point, it's like global warming, where it's just like, oh shit, we we've gone too far, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it reminds me a lot of global warming. Yep. All right, and uh, you got the Apple logo. Yeah, so uh, you know we had a lot of jury news this week, but I have some good news. Uh, Apple, it looks like, according to Mac rumors, uh, might be getting the little Apple light up logo back on their laptops. Uh, so for a while now, all the Apple laptops had just the logo, like in black, shiny black. Um, but before they actually had some style and the, the logo would light up. And this goes back all the way back to like the nineties. Um, and when, when Apple took it away, it was sort of sad. It was like them taking away the mag charging point port and stuff like that. And, and Apple has been reversing course recently, uh, adding more ports to their laptops. Thankfully they've sort of realized maybe not all their changes are for the best. <laughs> and um, it looks like they might be, um, Sorry about that. It looks like they they might be um, returning to the light up Mac logo, which everyone likes. So that would be good. All right. And the last one, I I got two little ones here. The so there's an article. Uh, let me get where it is. In bleeping computer, we're pointing out that uh, how many 
Initial access brokers are selling access into corporate networks, and they're selling access to 576 corporate networks for $4 million right now, which sounds like a lot, but this is what it's been for the last several quarters. And this is uh, something I've heard years ago and hadn't really thought about lately. Is you, This is why you really need zero trust, because people are selling credentials to get right inside your organization already. So you have to assume some of those machines are going to start spreading ransomware and stuff. And how are you going to block it? You got to have layers of defense to deal with it. And uh, I've heard about so, it before, but I didn't know it had gotten that bad. So zero trust sounds really good. Can you please explain to me what zero trust is and how to properly in- implement it in two sentences or less? Well, zero trust is an aspiration. and and the I, But you move with segments and layered defenses to an area where you accept that more and more of your machines could be compromised and you have defenses to limit what harm it does. That's all. The ultimate zero trust is where you everything is segmented from everything and that's probably unobtainable, but you move in that direction. Right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just, yeah. I, the, the thing is that zero trust sounds like a thing you could just implement on your network and it's no. not that simple. It's, no, not it's really not. No, it's, it's a goal like security, like cleanliness, you know. Right. You you improve your level of yeah, moving in that direction. Yeah, I just I think it needs a new name to make it clear about what what people mean by zero trust, which Probably. is like you said. Um, but it's now the official NIST standard, so yeah, yeah, it's, it can't change the name now. I guess we're stuck with it. And the last yeah. thing I just felt like I had to mention is there's supposed to be an open SSL bug today, but we still don't have any information. So sometime later today, the hammer will fall. And something like uh, the new uh, Heartbleed will be happening. We have a few hints. It has to do with SHA-3 on OpenSSL, and uh, it's going to affect a large number of products, but apparently not so many, because apparently a bunch of products never updated to OpenSSL 3. They're still using OpenSSL 2, and that means this won't affect them. But anyway, nobody knows quite what it means or what to do, but later today, we will find out. Right. And this just goes to show that if you are an IoT vendor... Always have room for automatic updates of your of your software because even if you write your software correctly, it could be relying on some dependency that has some critical bug you don't know about. Yeah, you know this came up last night in class. I mentioned to students I get kicked off Daily Motion. Everybody's kicking me off lately, and uh, they they wanted to hear about previous times I got in trouble. And one was a guy in Canada that was selling a hundred thousand companies stuff with. Um, with uh, SQL injection in them. And when I started alerting people, he got really mad at me because he had not included any way to update his software. So he was really hosed. He'd sold defective stuff to a huge number of customers and he didn't have any way to fix it. So you got a plan, whatever you're making, you got to have a plan. What about when there's a flaw and I have to update it? Because that's going to happen. No matter how great you think you are, you're going to discover that something's wrong with what you've done. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this one, and we'll be back on Friday.